This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. And welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are in Exodus chapter 13. We're finishing Exodus chapter 13. We're headed toward we're headed toward the crossing of the Red Sea, and and there are a lot of spiritual pictures that take place in this, so we're going to spend a good bit of time leading up to it, and we're going to spend a good bit of time going through it, because it's important that you see the pictures that are taking place, especially if you're a believer, especially if you have family members or friends that are struggling with things and that have difficulties going on in their lives and need Jesus, but just can't seem to get to where Jesus is. Remember, Jesus has provided the way, just like God provided the way for the children of Israel through the redemption of the blood. And so we understand that there's a way been made. But that being said, it's not always easy to get the individual believer, the people, to receive that and to walk in it. It's hard. It's it, that's it's the Christian life. It's the aspect of our walk that glorifies God because it's the proof that God can, just like he told Satan about Job, uh, that we're faithful in his whole house. He can prove that he can take someone who is just eat up with everything that you can think of bad, just eat up with it. That's what we call it in the South. They just eat up with it. They're, they're messed up. They're, they just have no, there seems to be no hope, but there is hope and there's hope in Jesus Christ. And so when they head out from Egypt, it says, then it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go, this is verse 17 of chapter 13, that God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines. Now, what does that mean? If you look at Egypt, Egypt kind of sits right at the top of Africa, and it's right in the northeast corner of Africa, and there is a land bridge across there that leads into the Middle East or leads into what is today modern-day Israel. It goes through the Sinai Peninsula, but it goes by the way of the sea, and that's literally what the road's called, the way of the sea. It is a road that carries all the way up the coastline up into what is modern-day Israel. And that road would have been the most direct, would have been the easiest would have seemed to be the only way to to go into the promised land because God was going to take them into the promised land. The truth is, God was not going to immediately take them into the promised land. There's a couple of reasons for that. First of all, they didn't know him. And if you don't know him, you can't go into the promised land because you're going to have to walk in his character and nature in the promised land. And so there's no way to walk in his character and nature and not know him. And they had to know him initially. Now, second of all, the promised land, especially on the way of the road, what we call, especially in the area that we call now the Gaza Strip, and Gaza is actually a Philistine name as is many of the towns that it still exists there in that area. It was the area that was 
controlled by this group of people called the Philistines. It's where we get it's where we get Goliath. They were they had some giants and they were a seafaring people. A lot of people believe that they were the group that migrated there during the Great Bronze Age collapse. And I'm not going to go into detail about that, but they migrated from Italy or maybe even the Greek uh, areas and came to that area because there was those collapse. I, I can't go into that and have a Bible study also. That be but I'd love to me. And so they they were there. And they were a mighty warrior people. And we see that when David's got to deal with them a long time after this, hundreds of years after this, they, we see that they're still there and they're a problem. And so God says this, that he doesn't want to take them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. That's important. So if they see the possibility of war and have a escape route into Egypt, they're going to probably take the escape route. And let me say, this is probably really a one of the most telling passages in the first part of the book of Exodus, as far as spiritual warfare and as far as understanding how a person uh, comes to a life-saving comes to a hope-giving relationship with Jesus Christ. Someone else has to bring them the message. It's just like the Ethiopian eunuch said on the back of that chariot. He says, how can I know unless someone teach me? There, there can't be any, the gospel of Jesus Christ is a personal gospel. It's a relational gospel. It's a eternal gospel. It's a spiritual gospel. It's a powerful gospel. And when you think of it that way, it's got to be, it's, it, it revolves around people sharing the good news with you. And what are they doing when they do that? Oftentimes, they're doing spiritual warfare. They're taking territory that is the enemy's. And the person who is being, who is being shared the gospel, they're the ones who are in bondage in that territory. And so are they fighting for the good news? No, they're not. They're the ones that we're, we're saving. We're going in and delivering them out of bondage. And so they can't fight. They can't fight on their own. And, and throughout this whole period of time where they're in the wilderness, God fights for them. He's going to fight for them against Pharaoh. In fact, he's going to lead them to a place where they have the sea behind them and Pharaoh in front of them so that they can't go back to Egypt. And then he's going to prove that not only can he deliver them out of Egypt, but he can destroy Egypt's armies. He can fight for them in the desert or on the desert road. He's going to, he's going to prove to them how great he is and understanding that when we go into these situations and these issues of real personal and real down-to-earth, I call it street-level ministry, down to the where the people are, when we're dealing with that, and by the way, that's the only real ministry there is. We love to have these big glitz and glamour ministries, but the truth is street-level ministry is personal, and personal ministry is what changes lives. And personal ministry, personal relationships, is what makes hope available. And it says he, if someone is not there and willing to do the spiritual work, the spiritual battling that takes place at the personal level, oftentimes people aren't delivered. They're just not. They're left in the bondage of Egypt. They're left not knowing what God has provided for them. 
in the spotless lamb and the redemption of his son. They just don't know that. And so it is important, it's great importance that you understand that you're involved in street level ministry and you're involved in you're involved in hand-to-hand combat a lot of times on a spiritual level and don't even realize it. And that's why sometimes when you're dealing with issues like that, you're so tired. And if you've ever been to a hospital and been there while someone was having surgery or something like that, and you just sit there all day, and then you leave there and you're exhausted, there's spiritual battles that are going on there. There are things that are happening in the spiritual. And normally, if you'd sat by the beach, you'd be refreshed and renewed, but you're sitting in a hospital and you are just devastatingly tired. And the reason you are is because there's spiritual battles going on around you. And you got to know that. You got to understand that each and every day is a spiritual war that takes place around you. And and those who are being delivered into the kingdom, because the warriors of that kingdom who are us, we are those warriors. The warriors of that kingdom are out there fighting and delivering people to the kingdom of God. And, and you need to realize you're one of them. And if you just seem to be always spiritually tired and spiritually weak, let me say this, it's because you're not opening your eyes to what's going on around you. You're not seeing what God is doing and uh, and you're not you're in the midst of it. You it's as if you're a soldier out there with a helmet that's too big and it's hanging over your eyes and you're carrying equipment that you have no idea and all the other soldiers are banging around with their shields and swords and you're just getting knocked down and knocked around and you have no idea what's happening around you. And by the way, you're not going to be destroyed. These battles are not battles that the enemy has any real power over you. Jesus gave us all his authority in heaven and on earth, but you're so tired and you're so bewildered by what's happening around you. You just, you just, you, you go, oh, I'm just, I don't even know what you got to open your eyes. You got to realize what's happening in the world that you live in and the world that we live in. We're not naturalists. We believe in the natural world, but we don't deny the spiritual which from which the natural came from. We believe we believe in a physical world that was created by God, but God is spirit, and we believe that there is a spiritual world and a spiritual kingdom that we're a part of, and that and that there's war out there. And those who are young or those who are just now being redeemed and delivered, they are babies in the kingdom, and we have to fight for them. That there's just no other way to say it. We have to fight for them. And it says, so God led the people around by the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up in orderly ranks out of the land of Egypt. And oftentimes when you read that, you think they didn't go up, they went down. You got to remember, as far as maps and things like that, we, we think of up being north and down being south. But the truth is, when you lived in the times that they lived in, they thought of up being uphill and down being downhill. And the reason is because it really was uphill if you're trying to carry carts and baggage up a road and you ain't got a Ford F-150. It is uphill. And so when you go up, you go uphill. And when you go down, you go downhill. And they left, and rather than going the northern route, they went south towards southern Egypt and the southern way, the way of the wilderness. And that way, which is going to eventually lead to the desert road, that way is uphill because the Nile River is running downhill from southern Egypt. And if that confused you, just look at a map. 
He said, so God led the people around by the way of the wilderness, by the way of the Red Sea. Notice God's leading them. He's got this handled. He's got this under control. He's leading them and they need to, they're going to have to see his hand at work and they're going to have to trust that he's a God that can take care of them. And it says, and Moses took the bones of Joseph with him for he had placed the children of Israel under solemn oath saying, God will surely visit you and you shall carry up my bones from here with you. Now, the important part of Moses taking these bones up is he is calling the children of Israel to remember that that Joseph had told them that they would be delivered out of Egypt. He's calling them to remember the promises of God from the past. And there, there's some tr- some tremendous understanding from this. You can't, you've got to be able to walk in your daily walk and battle in your daily battle for those around you and for the kingdom that you're a part of. But you also need to, the way you draw comfort, the way you draw peace is remembering the battles that have been fought in the past, the truth that's been given to you in the past, the prepares, the way that God's made for you. You got to remember those things because in remembering those things, you remember that God is in control. And so many times we can be lost in the moment. We can be lost in the situation. We can be lost in the issue that's taking place right there in the moment. So many people run around like chicken little. The sky's falling, the sky's falling, the sky's falling. Have you ever been around a person that's constantly doing that? They've been doing it for years and years, and you just want to smack them and say, it's not falling yet, and it's not falling. God, When God closes up the sky, then it'll be closed. Until then, it's not closed. It's not falling. It's not over, all right? And understanding that and remembering what God has done in the past strengthens you for the battles that are to come. Remembering the the deliverance that God gave you prepares you for the battles that God has for you in the future. Remembering the battles that you fought after that redemption, after that deliverance, prepares you and gives you hope and gives you strength and gives you mighty faith for the battles to come. And understanding and knowing all those things, understanding and knowing all those things prepares you for the good days ahead, the great days ahead, the days of hope that are ahead. And, and it prepares you for the wars that you fight today and that, that blessed assurance, that song, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. I'm, I have the assurance that he's mine and I'm a part of his kingdom and the battles of the past are just a foreshadowing of the powerful deliverance of the future. And Moses is not only fulfilling the prophecy of Joseph, he's also reminding the people that God's talked about this a long time ago. This has been in the works for a long time. And by the way, your redemption, your salvation, your glorification of God, and ultimately your entering into his kingdom and into his presence has been planned a long time ago. Jesus was slain for the foundation from the foundation of time. He was slain for a purpose, and that purpose was you. And so from the foundation of time, Jesus has been slain for you. So the work and the plan and the providence of God that is in the future and that is down the road is readily available for you today. And you need to know that, okay? He says, so they took this journey from Succoth and camped in Etham at the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, so that they could go by day and by night. And he did not take up, he did not take them 
take away the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night from before the people. He never took that away from them. Now, I'm going to go into this in a lot more detail tomorrow, but that being said, you need to understand that we are constantly in the presence of battle, and God is delivering us from those things when when we're first redeemed. That being said, once we're redeemed and once we begin to walk with him by faith, we are the warriors who provide the cover for those who are being redeemed behind us. And we have to walk in that. I pray that'll be the case for you. I pray that you'll remember that. I pray that you'll walk in it yourself. And I pray that you'll have God's perspective on each and every day and God's perspective on the troubles of the hour and the moment and that you will and that you will have overcoming faith in the midst of them. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.